1: Well, if you would, open up your Bibles to the book of John in the 13th chapter. We are in the middle of a I love this place series. And the first week that we talked about I love this place and that being my church. And last week we talked about I love this place in my community. And what we've learned is and what we'll continue to learn is that when we change the way we look at things things will change you know so that the church doesn't have to change we learned that that we if we change the way we look at the church our church su- all of a sudden changes and last week we learned about our community it's not necessarily that the community needs to change But we need to change the way we look at our community, who's in the community, what defines that community, and what we find out is that all of a sudden, our community changes. Well, today I want to introduce you to the concept of changing the way that we look at by serving. Because I believe when we change the way we look at serving, we will find out that serving will change. Let's go to the Lord in prayer Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that your message will be heard, that hearts will be open, and that we will respond to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you talk about the concept of serving, you know, usually there's two responses. And this is the vast majority of people. When... when it comes to, and, and I think that if we were honest and we took an inventory, we would, we would tell you that we would either say, you know what, that's too much. I, I can't do that. that you know, I, I've, I've given too much already. I don't have any more to give. Or we might have the uh, attitude that that's beneath us. You know what, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to serve in a better way, a different way. You know, there, that, that's for somebody else to do. And what we found out in the book of John, chapter 13, that Jesus gives us a whole different lesson. Let me read the first verse to you. And it says Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, Jesus has had quite a week. Has anyone in here had quite a week already this week? Come on, say, say amen. amen. Say Honolulu. Honolulu. Woo, I want to go there. <laughs> Carrie was off at a, a pastor's wife's conference over in Springfield uh, that IBSA put on, and she sent me a picture, and it said something about a ladies' event in Hawaii in October. And all I could think was, Lord, I want to support my wife. If you've had one of those weeks, let me tell you about Jesus' week. Monday, he started off by cleansing the temple. Remember, he went in there and he threw over the tables and he took a whip to some people. Not the Jesus that we hear about a lot, but this is who Jesus was. and It was there that he said that my father's house shall be a house of prayer. On Tuesday, he has a massive fight with the religious leaders of that day. On Wednesday, there's no record of what happens, and I believe he was hiding because he knew his time had not come. And then here on Thursday night, he has a secret meeting in the upper room. He has his closest followers with him. Jesus knows that he's about to give up his life, Jesus knows that everything that he's gone through for the last 30 years is about to be fulfilled. Jesus knows that eternity is about to be turned upside down. And so he calls his closest men, and he brings them together. And, and could you imagine if you had been given a terminal dia- diagnosis, and, and the doctor tells you in the next 48 hours you're going to pass away. You'd call your family, you'd call your closest friends, and you would share what's on your heart. Is, is that what you would do? I, I think that's what I would do. And I believe that that's what Jesus did. And so he's got the the men that are closest to him and and he's brought them up together. And he's now wanting to share with them the most important. And and one of the things he does is he breaks bread and he introduces them to the concept of his body and the blood being the bread and the wine. And it's a sacrament today that, that we continue to practice. Matter of fact, next week here in our church, we're gonna practice this sacrament of communion. This is a historic and a heartfelt moment in Jesus' life. He knows that one of his disciples is going to betray him. He knows that in a little over 24 hours, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be mocked, he's going to be tortured, and he's going to die on a cross. And while these thoughts are heavy on his heart, here's what his disciples are doing they're fighting, they're arguing. They're acting like a bunch of two-year-olds, and they're trying to decide who is going to be the best. Who is going to be the greatest? Who is Jesus going to make put at the right hand? Who's going to be the first one in line? Now, Jesus had already told them who this was going to be. And according to Luke's gospel, this is where this happens. Could you imagine this conversation going on? There's John leaning on the breast of Jesus, thinking to himself, you know, I'm the one that he loves. There's Peter saying, wait a second, guys, I walked on water, and everybody reminded him what? You sank. You know, everybody that didn't get out of the boat, that's what they remember, he sank. The guy that got out of the boat remembers what it's like to walk on the water. And then there's Bartholomew, you know, they're probably telling them, Bartholomew, they're not even going to remember that you were a disciple. And so here they are, they're arguing over who's going to be the greatest. And let's continue in verses 3 through 5. It so, said, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God. He's about to be able to say mission complete. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel. He tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel That was wrapped around him. You see a basin here, you see water, you see a towel. Well, that's what Jesus did. He took off his outer garments, he poured water into the basin, and then he went to each of the disciples and he started washing their feet. See, Jesus saw a need and he made a difference. He stopped what he was doing. He was eating. He was having the meal. He's wanting to pour out his heart to his disciples. And he put others ahead of himself, and he got up, and he washed feet. You know, when we hear that, we're like, ooh, you know, that just doesn't seem right. But in reality, in that day, this was a common courtesy. I mean, somebody comes over to your house. uh, Some of us, we just don't, we don't even get out of our lazy boy chair. Some of us don't even get off the couch. You know, like, come on in, door's open. But the way that they would greet people is they would greet them out at the courtyard. They would bring them to the inner courtyard. And then before they brought them into the house, they would offer to have their feet washed. But see, they wouldn't be the one washing the feet, they had servants that would do that. And so when Jesus did this, it wasn't a big deal that their feet were being washed. It was a big deal because of who was doing the washing. I mean, could you imagine going to see somebody of great importance to you and they bring out a basin and they pour it and they start washing your feet? And Most of us, like, there's no way you can imagine. No one's ever done that for you and no one's probably ever going to do that unless you pay them. But Jesus did it. And here's why. As Jesus looked around the room, 24 hours before he's going to be sent to his death, he looks around the room and here's what he sees. He sees proud hearts and he sees dirty feet. And as he looked and he saw those proud hearts, And he saw those dirty feet. I believe that he knew that those proud hearts were going to be taken care of in about 36 hours. The very guys who are talking about who's the greatest in the kingdom are going to be gone. They're going to be nowhere to be found. The proud hearts will be wiped out. But he saw a need that he could meet. And that was he saw dirty feet. He says, you know, I can do something about the dirty feet. So he bends down. And he starts to wash these dirty, smelly, filthy feet. And as he's doing this, you can imagine what his disciples are saying. Why is he doing There's no, he shouldn't. Anybody, no, Jesus, they, remember they had just found out. That, who was he? He was the Messiah. He was the Christ. They know this. And the Messiah, the one they've been looking for all their lives, is washing their feet peter full of pride screams no way you're not washing my feet and jesus said if if i don't wash your feet you'll have no part in the kingdom and then he says don't wash just my feet wash my whole body this was the son of god living water the true vine the light of the world the bread of life the living stone, the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, the Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, our Redeemer, our rock, our sanctification, our righteousness, on His knees, washing dirty feet. You see, Jesus had told His disciples in Matthew 20 and 28, He said this, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. In church, as we think of ourselves as the church, as we think of ourselves as not just um, attending church, but we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Our challenge is this. Are we going to be the servants that Jesus modeled us to be? If we're like the disciples, we're going to find ourselves and we're going to want to know who's the greatest. And Jesus said that the greatest is the one who served. And he didn't just say it. He gave them an object lesson. He modeled it. He demonstrated it to them. And I would tell you that today it's not about being the greatest. You know, very few of us sound like Muhammad Ali that we want to be the greatest. But I'll most of us just want to be better than the person sitting next to us. Most of us just want to be able to say that I come to church more than they do. I read my Bible more than they do. I memorize more scripture. And while those things are good and those things are valuable, what Jesus said was most important is that the greatest served. And folks, if, if we're doing all of these academic things about being a christian and we miss the servant. we miss the message see this is jesus his last night with his disciples and what was the message he gave them the greatest among you will be your servant and so if if jesus were to come back right now and tell us what's the most important thing for us to know here at temple baptist church is that the greatest among us will be the servant You know, we should reach a point in our lives where we would ask that God would give us eyes to see the needs that are around us. Needs that we would otherwise overlook. Maybe it's the dirty feet that, see, and, and when I say dirty feet, I'm not talking about people's dirty feet. I'm talking about needs that, that we look at and we're like, Ugh, I don't want to get on my knees. I don't want to do that. Or maybe we need to be asking the Lord to give us ears to be able to hear when somebody's talking to us and and hear the hurt and the pain in their lives and be able to pray with and for them. Or maybe we just need to be asking God to give us a heart that cares. Because in all of the years of us going to church and, and being a Christian, maybe our heart has gotten calloused and hard. Just yesterday, I'm sitting down, I'm talking to a friend named Joe who I met here recently and lives in town, and he was doing a, a project at our neighbor's house, and, and so we were, we were talking for a few minutes, and I asked, how your day is going, is everything on schedule? He said, I'm kind of running a little bit behind. I go, what happened? He says, well, as I was pulling up, I noticed that uh, there was a lady driving by in, in her car. The tire was flat. He says it wasn't just flat, it was like already the rim was wearing out the tire and it was driving on the rim. And so I flagged her down, you know, as she's driving down Broadway. And and I pointed out to her and she knew that her tire was flat. And and she said, well, I'm going up here to the, the tire store. He knew that that tire store had since been closed. And so he said, well, let's, let's call around and find out. And so they uh, worked together. And well, actually, before that, um, she, she just insisted, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to go on over there. And so she drove up to the tire store. He went and started working on the house inside. A few minutes later, uh, there's a knock on the door. Think about this. He's at somebody else's house. He's doing a project in his job working and somebody knocks on the door and asks, hey, is Joe here? And Joe, Joe comes out, and, and she goes, yeah, the, the tire store is, is closed. It's no longer open. She said, yeah, I thought that was going to be the case. And so they, they started making some phone calls, and they found another tire store. And, and so there was a, a predicament. She had two little kids with her. He only had a truck that you couldn't drive with more than three people sitting across the front. And the tire that was being wore out was already the donut that comes with the car. And and the spare tire rim was back at her house. And so he's looking for ways to make this happen. He's finally found a place that'll put a tire on for $40. But we need to get the rim and I've got a job to do. And here's a person in distress. And at the end of the day, he stopped what he was doing. And he helped a young lady in a time of need get the tire. And you know what? She may go on and not remember this, or this may be something that changes her life. And the question that we were talking about is, you know, is this an assignment for for him to take care of her? And he believed it was, and he did everything in his power to do that. And the problem is that when we ask that and when we see somebody, it may be at Walmart or at Kroger's or, or it may be driving down the road, and we, and we see a need, and we may ask ourselves, God, is this an assignment? Do you want me to engage here? More often than not, it's something that God wants us to do. And when it's something that he wants us to do, usually it's one of those things that we probably feel is beneath us. You know, this may come in the form of a friend needing help moving it's like everybody's like you know find someplace else when it's time to move and if you've ever moved you understand the predicament and the challenges and the the scarcity of friends in that moment but here's the reality is if we look at that and we see hey that's something i can do i got it this is mine or maybe it's a teen that needs spiritual guidance on Wednesday nights here in Radiate. It's, it's nowhere near as difficult as you'll believe. And you realize, you know what? Hey, that's something I can do. I've got that. Or maybe it's a baby that needs a diaper changed. And you're like, you know what? I raised a couple kids. I can still change a diaper. I got this. Or maybe it's a, one of 2,000 Easter eggs that need to be filled. And you can say, I can, you know what, I can stuff a couple Easter eggs. I got this. Or maybe it's a church work day next Saturday at, from 9 to 11. And you look at your calendar and you got some free time and you realize, you know what, I can do this. I can show up for two hours. I got this. Or maybe it's a record setting Easter Sunday where the church needs lots and lots of volunteers. And you realize, you know what, I could step out of my comfort zone and I can volunteer on Easter Sunday to be one of those volunteers because we're going to have lots and lots of kids over in Kids Quest. We're going to have lots and lots of needs. You know what, I got this. I'm going to step up. I could do that. This one's mine. Here's one thing we need to be careful. When we're washing feet, we need to remember that it's not about us. When we're helping the lady that has the tire that's down to the rim, destroying what was left of it, we need to remember it's not about us. When we're stuffing Easter eggs, we need to remember, you know what? Um, I stuffed 2,000 of the 2,000 Easter eggs, thank you very much. It's not about us. When we're helping out the teens on Wednesday night during Radiate, we need to remember it's not about us. When we're stepping out of our comfort zone and we're meeting needs, we need to remember it's not about us. See, when we serve, we need to serve with the right heart. Because uh, God told us uh, through his son when he said this. um, They talked about praying and praying in a place where people can see and hear. And he said that person has received their reward. I don't know about you, but that's not the reward I'm looking for. I'm looking for the reward that the Heavenly Father can give to us. what we find out is when we step out of our comfort zone and when we start to serve, we'll, we'll recognize that, you know what, we don't need to be seen. We don't need to be acknowledged. We don't need to be repaid. You see, serving is not just about the actions that we do, but it's with the attitude with which we do it. And here's the reality in our church, that if you are a Jesus follower, if, if you are a follower of Christ, you're a part of this church, and you are not serving, something is not being done. The reality is this, that each of us are gifted by the Holy Spirit. Each of us is a different part of the body. Each of us has a different skill set, and we're designed to do a different function. And if we aren't doing something, something's not getting done. You know, sometimes we belittle ourselves and we tell ourselves, you know, they've got it covered. I'm here to tell you that we don't. I'm here to share with you that when you're ready to serve, there are hundreds of opportunities to serve. And it's as little or as big as you're ready to take on. You know, this is one of the common uh, themes uh, if you talk to different pastors, and that when they talk to people that are are, uh, visiting their church, they'll say that I can't find a church that meets my need. And the reality is this, that you'll probably never find a church that meets your needs until you start serving. You'll find out that when you get involved in a church, your needs get met. It's amazing how this works. I want to tell you the tale of two basins. And so I've got two up here. One is here to represent what Jesus did. You know, Jesus looked across the room and he saw a need and he made a difference. He took out off his outer garments. He filled the basin with water. And then he started to wash the feet of the disciples. But just 24 hours from then, he's going to be standing in a courtyard. And there's going to be a man named Pilate. And it's going to get to a point where Pilate says, you know what? That, that I see no guilt in this man. But instead of doing what he had the power to do, which was release him, instead he dipped his hands in the water. He washed them symbolically. And he said, this isn't, his blood's not on my hands. You know, church, how many times do we see the need and yet we wash our hands? You know what? I've done my time. I've done my service. I've given to the Lord for the last, you feel in a number of years. And we're no better than Pilate. And so God sees proud hearts and dirty feet. And, And now Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. If Jesus were here, he would pull the basin out and he would start washing the feet. But he's not. Guess who he needs to do this? He needs us. He needs us. Well, we've got to decide which basin are we going to use are we going to wash our hands and our consciousness and and we're going to let pride or are we going to wash the feet of those that need it the most proverbs eleven twenty five tells us this the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed you know this is an amazing concept god's economy doesn't work like our economy God's economy says this, if you, you, you come to church and you wonder why you're not getting fed, I'm telling you that if you will get involved, you will find out that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. If you'll get involved, you'll find out. And it doesn't matter how much or how little, take one step. Wash one foot. Maybe you want to wash the other one too since you're there. So here's what we should be doing in our church is we should be serving. What does that look like? Well, serving looks like this. We see a need, we make a difference. That's what Jesus did. He saw a need. He saw a need right there in the room while his disciples are acting like children. Maybe you're having difficulty in your marriage. Maybe you're having difficulty in that relationship. And here's what I would tell you serve. See a need, make a difference. Now, if you say, but you don't know what they've done, I'm telling you that what, what you're revealing is a proud heart. If on the other hand, you'll take this basin out and you'll start washing their feet, they may not appreciate it first. They may be like Peter says, there's no way I'm gonna let you wash my feet. But you'll find out that it'll change your heart. And what's interesting is when we start to serve, we'll probably change at least one life. And you know which life will probably change first? First maybe it's not your uh, marriage that has a problem and you don't need to serve in that maybe it's some of your friendships and you wonder what in the world how in the world am i going to reach out to these friends i don't understand what's going on the answer is serve see a problem see a need make a difference in that friendship you want to change the way that you look at church see a need Make a difference. That's what serving is all about. Do you want to find and have meaning in your life? See a need and make a difference. That's what life is all about. Want to make a difference in the world? See a need and make a difference. It may be as simple as the lady stranded on the road with two kids in a flat tire. It may be as simple as changing a couple of diapers. It may be as simple as serving... Snacks in Kids Quest. It may be as simple as stuffing a couple of Easter eggs. Want to glorify Jesus? See a need. Make a difference. You see, that's what he did. I can tell you that there are a lot of opportunities to serve here at Temple Baptist Church. But one of the things I want to remind you is of hashtag 165. Hashtag 165 when you see this should remind you that there are 168 hours in the week, and the average one of us here at Temple spends about three hours here at church. That means there's 165 hours left in the week. Are we being the church those 165 hours? How are we being the church during those 165 hours? there are lots of opportunities for you to serve here. But if there's 165 hours every week, guess what? There's a lot more opportunities for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus outside of this building, amen? Jesus looked around the room. He saw heart, or proud hearts and he saw dirty feet. And he said, I can do this. This one's mine. And he filled up the basin with water and he began to wash feet. The reality is this, folks. If we, when we change the way we look at things, when we learn to have spiritual eyes, we'll see things differently. When we learn to have spiritual ears, we'll hear problems differently. When we learn to have a heart that cares, we'll see people in their plight differently. And things will change. You'll see needs that you've never seen before. You'll hear problems that you didn't know existed. And instead, you know what? You're going to start saying, I can do this. I got this. This one's mine. So when we change the way we look at serving, we start to see needs and we meet them. And when we meet needs, we make a difference. You see, that's what Christ did. And that's what Christ followers do. Go with me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would help us today. Help us to be a church full of people that that doesn't just serve, Lord, but that we are servants. That we are servants that are desiring to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God, I ask that you would help us to look for ways to meet the needs in our community. To look for ways to meet the needs here in our church. That we would show your love to this world. And as we continue to pray, nobody looking around, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And the first one is this. There are those of you who are followers of Jesus. You claim the name of Christ, but you want to be even more sensitive to than you've ever been. You want to look for ways to meet needs. Eyes to be opened, your ears to be perked, hearts to be ready, for us to be on call. If you want to be even more faithful than you have been and more passionate about serving others, would you just raise your hand and allow me to pray for you right now? Lord, you see the hands. God bless these hearts. Secondly, maybe, maybe you're here, you're a Jesus follower, and, and this is your church, you know, but you realize that you're not using your gifts to make a difference. And you realize after hearing this message, you know what, that's no longer acceptable. I wanna be like Jesus. I'm a part of the family of God, and as a part of the family of God, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna contribute. I will find my place to use the gifts that God gave me to make a difference in this church. If that's your heart, would you raise your hand and allow me to pray for you right now? Lord, see the hands, see the hearts. And God, I ask that you would just open up the doors for these people to make a difference in other people's lives. Lord, may they experience the thrill of using their gifts, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Maybe it's the third group. Maybe you're here this morning and and you've been going through the motions. You've never experienced salvation. Folks, I'd love to talk to you and share with you that we just don't want you to get saved from your sins. We want you to get saved for the glory of God. If you would, go ahead and stand to your feet. Kevin's going to lead us in a a verse here. I'm going to be down here in the front. We're just going to sing through this twice. They're going to sing it once, and then I ask that you would join in on the second time, and and then I'm going to close. So if, if you have recognized that you need God in your life, I'll be up here. If you're bashful and you don't want to come up during this time, um, after the service, I'm going to be at the back by the Connect Center. Don't leave here today without that.
0: As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tvccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.